0: Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. And so tonight's message is titled The Real You. The Real You. So, how many times have you hid behind a mask in an effort to hide the real you? or to hide what you're really feeling or going through? How many times have you portrayed yourself as something other than who you really are in an effort to fit in, to be loved, or for fear of being judged? How many times have you hid the real you? Maybe it's not even intentionally, but out of a natural reaction to something other than who you truly are because somewhere along the way, you have believed the lie that the real you is flawed. Today, I believe that God wants us to see and understand that our kids, our husbands, our loved ones in this world desperately needs you, but the real you. It's easy to hide behind momentary smiles and laughter. It's easy to enjoy surface level friendships, a nice home, pretty clothes to hide behind those things. It's easy, but yet still be hiding who you really are. Hiding your story, your struggles, your past, your true passions and desires, your goals, your day to day life, hiding it all for many different reasons. But this week I realized after listening to someone's story that I really look up to. So there's this, um, I love, there's a lot of people that I find encouragement um, from. And I love their messages and a lot of things. But there's this one lady, Becky Thompson. I've told y'all a lot about her. I really look up to her. And I'm right now, I'm actually taking a different course. I've done a course from her in the past. Um, oh, I just forgot what it's called. But it, it's based off of the book I read, uh, peace for the anxious mama's heart. It was amazing. And she had like a 12 week course that we got to. I'm going into details, right? And I love the 12 week course of the community and connecting with her and other moms. So now I'm also joining another course she has called The Clearing. And it's for women who have gone through like the anxious book, gone through some healing, but still need that weekly community to um, just find encouragement with each other as we continue to move past anxiety depression, all these different life things and, and stuff. So it's been amazing. And I just love her. Like I love, I look up to her. I love her heart, her passion for Jesus, for people. So I was listening to her this week. Cause I, I do every week. And, um, um, so I was listening to her story and it made me think a lot of things that at the end of the day, we all desire the real you. Listening to her made me realize this that we all desire the real you. You know, I've heard many encouraging messages from her, but this one truly helped me this past week. They always helped me, but this one went deeper for me. It's because she shared her story. I've heard some nitpicks of her story. She shares encouraging messages, like all this stuff. But this week, she shared her story from the ground up. She shared with us who she is, the real her, the real struggles, the real ups and downs of her life. And when I heard her story, when I learned about the real her, not that she was being fake and I'm not portraying that any of us here are fake. No, but you know what I mean? The real her behind it all. When I heard her story, I finally felt seen. Not finally, I feel seen, but in her story, I felt like I could relate to her. I felt like someone else understood the things I felt because that's what she went through. I felt like I wasn't alone. I didn't feel crazy. I felt understood by someone I have never met. Our stories are what truly causes us to relate to one another and find deeper and more intimate connections. The real us with every good and not so good part is what others long to know. They long to connect with, they long to relate to. Because by being the real you, people realize that they too are not alone, that they have someone to relate to, they have someone who understands and empathizes with them, that we are all human and truly need each other at the end of the day. Your story matters. The real you is what others need. And the real you is longing to be free, loved, and seen. And when I say the real you, I mean the real you who has a real past, who has real struggles, who has real highs and lows, has many God stories and all of the in-betweens. The real you who has a unique and per- and beautiful personality, who has a special and different gifts and talents, who has a perfect has a perfectly creative parenting style, has a different yet perfect relationship with their spouse, the real you that will look different from every everyone else. And that is okay. But who are you really? So the real you. And so today we'll have three points that we're going to go over. The first one is what is your story? The second one is my story. And the last one is God's fingerprint. So let's get into this. So what is your story? what is it when was the last time that you opened up with someone about your life story like literally where are you from how was your life as a kid at home are your parents together or divorced are they alive are they not do you have siblings what was your first job did you go to school or maybe not maybe you didn't finish how did you meet your baby's daddy how's your marriage How is motherhood for you right now in this season? What are your biggest struggles right now? What is something that is bringing you joy in this season? What disappointments have you faced? How are you feeling today, right now, in this moment? What is your story? You know, it's so easy to believe the lie that no one cares. No one wants to sit and hear your life story. Oh, there I go. I'm giving you my life story. You don't want to hear that. Actually, yeah, they do. I mean, right? Does it, does my story matter? Well, you right now, sorry. Well, the truth is, is that so many people need to hear your story, but sometimes they don't even know yet that they need to hear your story. There are people around you right now that need to hear about your life. They need to hear about how you overcame divorce, how you found freedom from an all consuming addiction. How you found Jesus and began a life-changing relationship from Him, with Him. How you broke the, ty- the cycle of toxic relationships and now you're in a healthy and loving relationship. How you have learned to break free from depression and anxiety. How you have grieved after loss and learned to find joy in life again. How you too struggle in motherhood, but yet have found contentment and peace in the midst of chaos. Others need to know how you've done it, where you're at, what you're going through, what you've been through, what you've overcame. Others need to know you've been there too and that you've overcome. Or maybe even you're, if you're going through it right now, they need someone to go through it with and find victory together. So stop hiding behind the real you. Stop hiding your story. Stop staying quiet. Make it a goal this year to ask God to show you who needs to hear your story. And also, God, whose story do I need to hear? People need to hear your story, but you need to hear other people's story. We need to start talking. We need to start getting deeper. We need to really get to know the people around us. And when we become begin to be intentional and have meaningful conversations with each other, then we will truly grow in these these life-giving relationships don't settle for surface level interactions everyone is craving something deeper but so many of us are afraid to dig that doesn't mean you're like sit with some new friend of those okay so tell me like what is your like biggest struggle right now maybe like your second conversation right your third it's time like hey like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you like you know Obviously, like we're going to talk about it in a, a uh, the right way. But my point is, is there's so much more than surface level interactions with the people that God bring into our life. And I know that the people that God brings into our life is always for a purpose. There's always something that each and every one of us together can serve one another with, even if it's our story, our heart, prayer, a hug resources, life, whatever it is, we are not called to just be like, hey, what's up? I'm good. I'm good. Everyone's craving something deeper. Ask the real questions, genuinely care about others and long to learn about their lives too. God designed us to be there for one another and that requires us to move past. Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. And you? Done. I mean, let's move past that. Don't be afraid to ask intentional questions and don't be afraid to share your story, the real you that others need. And when you do this, you will find a deeper level of fulfillment in having richer and more life-giving relationships with those around you. Even if you're married, even with your husband, you may feel like you know everything and most of us know most things, but the more we we go deeper in our intimacy with each other of knowing each other, their real story. There's times even now where me and my husband, we, we feel like we know all the stories. I'm like, babe, I already heard that. I know. I know that happened when you're a kid. Like, okay. You know? But there's sometimes where we'll open up and talk. And not too long ago, we were talking about like on a long drive out of town, we were just opening up and talking more like those deep conversations where kids can't get out of the car. It's like, let's talk. Let's actually talk. And he was like, man, like, I didn't realize, like, I know you've told me these stories, but hearing more today is like, whoa, I didn't realize that that's the, some of the things you went through and vice versa. He was telling me some stuff. I'm like, dude, like, that's crazy. Like, that is crazy. You know, so even with your spouse, your loved ones, your kids, but those around you, your story matters. And so I'm going to share two verses on this sto- on this." Point in Esther 414, it says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this? So this is one verse from the story of Esther. And if you're familiar with this story, there's so much background to it, and right now I'm not gonna unfold it all because there's this verse is from a big story, right? She, she was called to deliver her people by choosing to be brave and go to the king, and the king had every right to kill her, but he didn't. And there's just so much behind the story, right? So I'm not just trying to take an excerpt out of this story and be like, "Oh, use this for your life," but. I encourage you to go read that story first of all. It's a short story in the Bible, the book of Esther, very short, and it's like powerful, man. Like this chick is awesome, man. I want to be like her, right? But what I like about this verse is the it says, if you keep quiet, God is calling us to like not stay quiet even about her store, our stories. In this specific story, she wasn't going to the king saying, so when I grew up, I was like this. It wasn't about telling her story in this story, right? It was more about like, Hey, my people need help. I'm here to stand in the gap, let's do this, please spare them, and God did spare them, The king did spare them, and they it was a beautiful story. But when I read this verse, even for us today, it made me think about the fact that it says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from a, some other place, but your people will die. What if you were made for to be queen for such a time as this? What if the people in your life right now need to hear your story to experience deliverance and relief to experience freedom to experience a community and companionship and friendship but if you choose to be afraid and quiet or ashamed of your past or what you're going through they're gonna just be sitting there waiting and praying God send me relief but what if you are put in their life for such a time as this what if you are put in your circle for such a time as this to encourage and build those around you up even while you're going through it, you might be going through it and you need them too. But I could go on and on, but this verse is powerful. Okay. Ephesians two ten says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And I've read this verse many times, but really think about it. Even when it comes to our story, our Story is a masterpiece that God is creating and putting together. It looks nothing like the next masterpiece, nothing like your friend, nothing like this, nothing like that, but he created us to do the good things he planned long ago. He created us to be different. He created us to have a story, and your story is meant to be heard. And so what's your story? And I'm going to quickly go into my story and I thought like hey I'm talking about our story I'm talking about the real us I'm talking about um today just like how important it is to just be real and open and I'm like okay cool and then all of a sudden I was like oh like I felt like God's like well tell some of your story I was like oh like are you sure like I wasn't planning like what's the second point God like what else are we gonna talk about but I felt like he wanted me to share some and of course all of us could spend all day talking about our story from every detail to every detail when I share some of my story today it's just going to be some of it I I know I'd be here all night if I try to share every detail and everything I share today is not the whole gist of my story So there's so much more right, but we all have a story and when I share my story I'm not just trying to share the bad things I'm not just trying to share the good things and I'm not saying that my story is gonna relate to anyone or everyone listening tonight But I'm almost sure that my story might encourage someone whether y'all tonight or someone who listens to it another time Because our stories are meant to be shared and heard. Why? Because at the end of the day, God takes our stories and makes it beautiful. So a little bit about me for those who don't know my whole life. I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, right? Um, In 1989. So I am, how old am I? 33 years old. I was born in Corpus Christi. Um, That's where Selena lived. So if you know Selena Cantania, she's my girl. Uh, I was there at the scene when Yolanda unfortunately took her life. And I was actually there right down the road while Yolanda was in the truck. So if you don't believe me, um, I promise you that's the facts. Uh, but I was only four or five years old. So that was crazy. And um, yeah. Okay. So born in Corpus. And when I was living in Corpus, I lived there till I was 11 years old. Um, I was extremely close to my grandparents. My We actually lived next door to my grandparents for a little bit of time. And um, I could go on and on to express, but just so you know, like I just love them with all my heart. They were like my second caregivers. I would prefer to be at their house over my mom's house. I would prefer to be with them all day, all night. They were the people who made me feel secure, made me feel loved, went out of their way for me. They were my everything. Um, And so during this time living in Corpus, uh, my my mom, um, Married my dad right before, well, okay. So my mom uh, was married to my father for two years. And when I was two years old, they got a divorce. So I didn't really have any interaction. I don't remember anything about that time, right? So um, when I was a little bit older, my mom married my stepdad. And so um, they were married for 14 years. And so we lived in Corpus. Their relationship was very toxic from the beginning. um, And so all I remember is, um, thanks Sierra. All I remember is, um, all of my life growing up, my main adolescent years from child to older is my mom and my stepdad fighting. I've seen my stepdad just be abusive physically, verbally. Like I never remember them really having good interactions. It was toxic. My mom began to drink heavier and heavier and heavier, through all of the years and really unfortunately became, you know, addicted to alcohol. And I felt for her. I still feel for her. I believe I anyways, there's so much more to the story, but it was a toxic home life. There was always fighting. I'd rather be at my grandparents because it was peaceful, it was secure, and they loved me. There was alcohol involved, there was broken glass, there was bowls thrown through the windows. Like it was crazy, right? And so, as I began to grow up in middle school and high school, their relationship got worse. And I remember my mom really um, just really finding her coping mechanism. Uh, with alcohol to the point where in middle school and high school, I was afraid to go to sleep at night when she was drinking because I was afraid they were going to get a fight and something would happen. So I would wait up at night. I would be so tired when she would start to throw up or pass out. I'd be the one that would hold her hair while she was thrown up. I'd be the one to take her to the bed. I'd be the one to stand between her and my stepdad when they were fighting because I didn't want them to hurt each other. I just thought someone's going to kill each other tonight. There was times where my mom literally looked at me and said, I'm going to kill him. I was like, mom, no, like, you don't want to go to jail tonight, you know? And so I don't want to go on and on about this, but this was a lot of my, my normal. Um, my, my, my mom left like two times, um, saying I'm never going to come back again. I was devastated. I was scared. She said, I'm leaving. I can't do this anymore. And both times she came back, but that was so traumatic as this little girl afraid to just where is my mom going right and so there's so much more to those stories but in around around 2008 um i was a senior in high school um <clears throat> they were still married everything was still crazy i began to say forget it dude i began to drink myself i mean there is like through high school began to drink more and more. My mom actually let me drink, bought me alcohol. Then I started going out, going to parties, and I started getting in a really ugly cycle of toxic and sexual relationships because I was lost. I didn't know who I was. It went on and on and it began to go deeper and deeper. I was insecure, I was broken, all those fun things, right? Right at 2008, my mom and my stepdad, and I remember the very night that they, um, it was over. And they were married 14 years that night. They were drinking. They were drunk as heck. And they um, they basically had the biggest fight of the night. They were literally about to hurt each other. Um, and I remember just getting in between. I was like, that's it. He left. And that night, he never came back. And so... It felt, even though it was so broken in our home, I also felt so afraid that he was gone because he was this male figure that even though we weren't close and didn't have any kind of emotional connection, he was my stepdad for 14 years, but he was just there. He provided, he has a good heart deep down, but we didn't have much going on together. He was just there, Um, but he left and it felt scarier because now it's just me and my mom. And that began to go even more downhill, as you can imagine, because she was going through a divorce now. So things got 10 times more intense. So in 2008, right after they divorced, right after I graduated, I was like, Hey, it's time to just go crazy party, do my thing. My mom got in a really horrible car accident after drinking, um, the whole day, um, the entire day she was doing that, unfortunately, and like just really going through it, the thick of it. Right. And when it comes to like alcoholism, I want you to know that I, I understand why anyone would want to. And my mother, when I speak about this, I care about her. It hurts me that she had so much hurt that that was the only thing that helped her feel better. And I have compassion for her. I understand, but it also was making things worse for her. So she had a horrible accident and she was supposed to die, but God literally saved her life. She was in ICU for two weeks and then she was in the hospital for six plus months. She broke many things in her body. She had to learn how to walk all over again. She broke her back. She had to lay flat for three months. There are so many things that happen. And for the first like uh, two days in ICU, she was unstable and they didn't know if she was going to make it. And so at this time is when I had this sobering, aha, uh-huh, like what in the world just happened to me? Talking to my mom earlier that day to seeing her in ICU unconscious was life-changing right? And I had an 11 year old brother and it was just me, her and him at home. And so I don't want to spend so much more time on my story, but I'm trying to just share some of the things, right? And, and at this moment I said, Jesus, I need you. And all my life I believed in God, but I, we never really went to church. We went to Catholic church here and there, but it definitely was just for holidays. Um, we tried a Christian church just one day, one time, and I remember liking it when I was in high school, but my stepdad was like, no, this is lame. Never went back. So like I believed in God, but there was never an actual relationship. But in this moment, for most people, I needed Jesus. So I began to pray. I began to go to church shortly after, all by myself. I said, I don't care. I'm going to church. I need Jesus. And I remember going to the altar the first time I went to church, crying on my knees and said, God, I don't even know how or what to do this, but I know I need you. I know I'm ready for you. I give up my life for you. I am done with all of this. And I remember that was the moment that my life literally changed forever. Has it been perfect? Heck to the no, right? But I never looked back. I never wanted anything else but Jesus anymore. And time went on. My mom was in the hospital for six months. It was totally hard. The whole next year after her getting home, I took care of her for a whole year. She was in a wheelchair, then a walker. She had like 30 plus surgeries and I was the one who cared for her, helped her shower, took her to her appointments, took her to her surgery, took care of my brother. I worked. I stopped going to college. And all these things, right? Because I loved my mom and I wanted to take care of her but that those years were pivotal and life changing for me. And I remember just like grabbing a Bible and saying, Jesus, who are you? I remember sitting by her hospital bed every day, reading it and just feeling like Jesus for the first time in my whole life came alive to me. Like, this is who he is. This is, I had no idea this was Jesus. I had no idea Jesus did this. Like he came alive to me and I fell in love with his word. I had nothing else to do than to sit there with my mom as she healed over months and months and just read the Bible. My life was changed by reading the Bible, by going to church, by, that was all that I could ever long for in those moments. And luckily, by the grace of God, my mom learned how to walk all over again. She actually went back to college year a couple years after that. She actually got a degree. She it was, a, like the doctor said, she wouldn't even be able to walk again, do much again. And she is here alive with all of those things. And that is a beautiful testimony of what God can do. So I praise God for that, right? She's still going through life. She's still going through what she's going through, but she's here and God spared her and I'm grateful, right? So long story, life story short, after that, I began to go back to college. I found a Bible college. I said, I want to do this. I began to go to Bible college. I fell in love with ministry, the thought of serving God, the thought of sharing this love that changed my life, getting the goosebumps. With, with people, I had this overwhelming passion to be in ministry. And shortly after that, I met the love of my life, Homer. Before that, I said, God, I ain't having no more sex, okay? And I actually made a commitment, God, I will never, ever drink again. I said, I used to drink. My mom went through this. I'm not going to allow this in my life. Um, there was a time where I went back to drinking for a week and after that I said never again. So since that, uh sometime in two thousand eight, I have not drank again. I have not done anything. And I say that not to say I don't drink. I think it's okay if people drink. But for me, I'm I the thought of alcohol in my life and based off of seeing what my mom through, went through is not just a casual thought. For me, it is traumatizing. And so I made a decision never to do that again. I met my husband. Um, in a crazy God way. That's a story for another day. Um, We got married. He was everything I prayed for and dreamed of. And God redeemed my past and gave me a good man. And we immediately were entered into ministry when we lived in Del Rio, right? And so we were the youth pastors for four plus years. God continued to unravel this crazy plan. And I was like, who, me? What? But I loved every moment of that. I loved it. And um, so time went on. Then we began to want to start our own family after three years of being married. Then we struggled for three years with infertility. We had two miscarriages. And then after those miscarriages, praying, journaling, crying, wondering why, wondering what, God actually ended up giving us three babies in three years after those three years of struggle. So praise the Lord, thank God. Um, But it was crazy. Then after my third baby, I got hit with some serious postpartum anxiety that I've never felt before and a lot of you know some of the struggles I've been through and I dealt with anxiety on and off in my life but not in like just basic anxiety like not actual anxiety but after my third baby I was like literally slapped in the face with some crazy postpartum hormonal crazy crazy stuff and that has been my most recent struggle um like started a year or two ago man I think it was a year and I have definitely been overcoming that I'm definitely at a better place but it was crazy, but God has been freeing me from that. And with all of that being said, I promise there's like so much more of the in-betweens of our life. Um, but my story is still being written, but what God has done in my life is crazy. And I know that y'all have a story too. I know I probably spent too much time. I didn't want to spend too much time on my story. That's why I was like, God, are you sure? But I felt like he was telling me to share some. Again, there's so much more But I want to ask you, what part, if there was a part, did you relate to? Did any of this encourage you personally? Maybe not. You're like, oh, no, man, but that's crazy. I don't know. Like, I didn't know that that happened. But all of us have a story and someone needs to hear your story. I pray that maybe there is one piece that encouraged you in my story. But what has God done in my life based off of what I just shared? This is what I can look back and tell you right now that God has done in my life. He had saved my lost and wandering soul. I am so grateful that God saved my soul. I was going down the same path of destruction. God saved my mom's life. She could have not been here in 2008 and she is still alive today. God rescued me from a life of addiction. I could have easily and I was on the path to continue a life of addiction. Who knows where I'd be now? He broke generational curses in my life by me choosing to not drink anymore, by me choosing to stop, to remain pure and not engage in these crazy, um, crazy, unhealthy relationships. God redeemed me, broke generational curses. He gave me a godly and healthy marriage when I thought I was so undeserving. He gave it to me. He healed my barrenness and he gave me children. He called us to ministry and sharing God's love with others. He's healed my personal struggles and he is still restoring my joy from what I've been experiencing. And in Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them everything you've been through, the highs and the lows serve a greater purpose and God takes it and makes something beautiful. And so I'm going to end quickly on this last point, guys, God's fingerprint, God's fingerprints. You know, God made you unique, your story is unique, your purpose is unique, and the world was in desperate need for you. But the real you So God said, let me create you. And he brought you into this world within his perfect time and plan. And if you look back in your life right now, you will be able to see God's fingerprints in every moment. When you were going through these past seasons, you may not have always detected it. But if you take a moment to look back, I'm almost certain you'll be able to see God. Even in the moments that you were running away, he was there. I know there are seasons that are so hard to bear though sometimes that maybe it's hard to really see his fingerprints and I get it, but please know that he's never abandoned you and he never will. Please know that he promises to take everything that has happened to you and turn it into something beautiful. Please know that he made you with a purpose, on purpose, because one, your kids need you, the real you. Your husband, did you know he needs you? He wants all of you and only you, your friends, your family, all of those in your specific circle, they need you. But specifically, the real you. Don't try to put on a front. Don't hide your past. Don't hide your struggles. Don't hide your uniqueness. If you have a weird laugh, let it out. (laughs) If you have, you know, different personality, if you have um, this or that, if you're like, oh, it's just so weird, just to be weird. People need you. Be free to be all that God's made you, every part of you, and know that your life, your story is an inspiration to those around you. You inspire me. You inspire others and your kids will be inspired and proud of the amazing woman that you are. God's fingerprints are are on every part of your story and he is making it all beautiful. And so I'm going to share this last um, part, um, last verse, well, c- several verses in Psalms 139, one th- Psalms 139 is such a beautiful Psalm. If you've read it, you know, but just really listen to it. This is only a part of it, but it's just so good. Okay. And it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light became night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. Your frame, girl, was not hidden from you. When I was made in the unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. He has a book with your name on it. Before one of them came to be, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Where can I count them? They would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. I mean, how beautiful is that? He is with you. Even in your darkest moments, the darkest moments to you, God was not intimidated. It was light to him. He was there. Where can you go from him? If you try to run from him and escape, he says, even there, I am with you, girl. I'm not leaving you. I'm not abandoning you. I made you. And his fingerprints are all over your story. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Grave Church. Thanks for listening.